This is a Geek Bro Podcast. What's up, besties? This is episode 52, girls, one cup. 52 dudes, one cup. 52 dudes, one entanglement of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, and I am still the second part of that title. I hope you're doing well. I've missed you very much. I'm so glad that you're listening this week. Real quick, before we get the show rolling, if you are in the Fort Lauderdale or Miami area, I will be performing stand-up comedy. Yes, I will be doing a socially distant show at Gatsby's Joint in Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to be headlining. That's going to be super fun. It's going to be a socially distanced comedy show. I'm so excited to start doing comedy. If you're in the area, please come through and laugh with us. Be sure to bring your mask. Life is like being a superhero now. You can't leave your house without a mask. So bring your mask with you. It's going to be so much fun. And for more information, just go to my Instagram at Mike Valdez. And there will be all kinds of information as to where you can get tickets and where it's going to be located. On this week's episode, I speak with my good friends James and Justin from the pop punk band At A Time. I've known James and Justin for a long time. We've been in various different bands. Some of them we were in together. Some of them we played shows together for, you know, being in bands, you meet all kinds of people and it becomes kind of like a brotherhood, sisterhood, family kind of a thing. And it hasn't changed since the day that we met. And you'll start to see that as this episode goes on. We talk a lot about the good old days playing shows as well as some kind of stinker shows that we've had before and some nightmare hell gigs as well all while eating a bowl of captain crunch cereal in which we review as well all in all this is a really really fun episode and i really think you guys are going to enjoy it so without further ado please enjoy my conversation with james and justin from the band out of time I usually don't go into the whole cereal thing immediately, but the reason why I chose Captain Crunch for you specifically is because it's the most pop punk of the cereals. <laughs> you know, it's nautical. Um, it, uh, it it tears off the roof of your mouth uh, like a mosh pit in a pop punk show. He has a beard and everything. Like he looks like he's okay, in a pop sure. punk band a little bit, you know? So that's the reason why I chose Captain Crunch for you guys. Oh, the cereal's just a metaphor. Really not a question. Does Captain Crunch have tattoos? Yeah, he, he should. Traditional Navy tattoos. You yeah. know, he has like swallows carrying a banner with like his ship oh, on yeah. it. Yeah, he's that's- definitely got tattoos underneath the at uh, the the captain costume. Got a rooster and a pig tattooed has, on his. He has feet. crunchitized me across as a clavicle. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah, crunchitized me. It's like red on red on his back, like he got it in jail. Like. <laughs> hey, I got I got to shout out really quick. My friend's old band. Uh, yeah. Oh, captain, my captain. They had a nice. song called "Crunchitize Me" back in the day. They're now yeah. upstart, but back then it was the it, just because you just said crunchitize, you just fucking <laughs> it just like that does that sound familiar. Were they a local like South Florida band? They're up in um, Ocala. In Ocala, okay. <laughs> that band sounds so familiar. I'm sure they played at Talent Farm a bunch. More than likely. 
that's really funny. Yeah, talent farm. We'll get to that in just in just a second. But where did the two of you grow up? I mean, I know both of you are different people, but like, where did you grow up, Jamie? Want to go to the story that we just found out about like two years ago? Yeah. So it really, <laughs> oh, wow, really funny story. So okay, I grew up in Miami, Florida, but specifically, I grew up in Cutler Ridge, Florida. When I was two years old, and it's funny how life goes full circle. <laughs> I lived in a community called Saga Bay, and okay. across the street, which I didn't know this, Justin's grandparents, where Justin lived, he lived there while I lived there for God, four or five years. Wow. So we um, lived in the, same, in the same neighborhood for for four years of our lives. Didn't even know about didn't it. Didn't even know about it. But how we, so I grew up in Miami, played in pop punk bands, post hardcore bands my whole life. And we, Justin and I started Check Your Six, God, mm-hmm. back in 2011. And we were in a band for two years together, and I, and we basically were in the music scene for God many many years, and, I, and that's kind of my story, Morning Glory. Right. So. And then, and Justin, I mean, your your story's similar, kind of, right? Grew up in Miami, um, lived in Coleridge, Palmetto Bay, pretty much my entire life. I got into the music scene around 2005. I remember my uh, first show ever was um all my heroes at super wheels and kendall oh yeah um, that's so 90s (laughs) (laughs) and uh and then super wheels the the cafe crystal skate (laughs) (laughs) yeah then yeah we had there was a whole mosh pit out in the (laughs) i'm sure there was yeah no for real yeah um and then you would like fall when you got to the carpet. You just ripped the, all your skin on your knees off. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Then I so then I got into the music scene. The first band I was in was after the shipwreck. Started doing shows. Was introduced to, to Cafe Cristal. Did a few shows at Cafe Cristal. There was a few others. I remember Drake's. We did a few shows at Drake's before okay. uh, that Salsa Club on like 117th and 88th before that got shut down. And funny enough, that was also the first. Drake's was the first venue that uh i set my friends on fire played before they they got big that's mm-hmm. that is interesting that band had a moment huh it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. myspace was a genre back then right a way of life yeah <laughs> it was not only it was not only a website it was a music genre it was you know? where, i mean that's where i found out about all the bands that i really liked and especially like when like we used to go down to like Homestead for like Life Point Church shows, and we'd go see like Sky East Airplane, A Plea for Purging. Who else played there? Um, That's a lot of auto tune. I did remember playing there Life too. Life Point Church because I remember Life Point. My God, there were so many yeah. hard. Things. I I remember I almost got in, I was in a pit and I almost got my teeth knocked out. <laughs> Probably by me. Probably. <laughs> Saint yeah. uh, Saint Stephen's Church in, in, in uh, Coconut Grove. Saint John Newman's. Saint John Newman's had a lot of shows. I remember Lon Bashiri and Bazooka Records used to throw a lot of shows in Miami. Obviously, the 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 one that jumps out more than anything, no pun intended, is Talent Farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikey, you and I played so many shows there, whether it be yeah. Atlantic or other bands. God, what a throwback. That's Kevin Yeah, Mur- we met, we actually met at Talent Farm when you were in some nautical band or sports reference band. I can't remember. <laughs> it's like hockey, hockey by the boats or something. <laughs> like, 
Isn't it funny how pop punk just has that for some strange reason? It's like it, it's always nautical or some movie reference, but it has to be like just edgy enough that like only the cool people know about it. Like put some money on the cubbies like only people who have seen Back to the Future a hundred times would know, you know? Oh, yeah. You look at the license plate. That's our band name. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> out of time. Exactly. I love it. It's funny too because there's a there's also another band in Orlando. They're called Bay Street, and we're really close with them too. And one of their first singles that they put out was 1640 Riverside Drive, which is actually Doc Brown's address. I know, yeah. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I know all these stupid references, but. What was the name of that band, Jamie? East, East Coast, Coast Drive. Drive. That's what it was. Right, okay. Say what now? It's been my foot in Justin's cereal. My cereal. Yeah. No, I, th- I was like, what are you putting your feet up for? This isn't OnlyFans. But <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, that is true, man. I, I do need some money during this quarantine, so thanks. But um, <laughs> East Coast Drive, man. That was that was so long ago. Didn't you guys play it like Hot Topic or something? Like between <laughs> yeah, the Funko Pops at one point? <laughs> no, it was a it was Jinko jeans. Next to Jinko jeans. Yeah. Jinko jeans and the hubba bubba at the freaking counter that nobody buys. That's so funny, man. Yeah, Jinko jeans and the the new epi- new issue of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Every, every stupid fucking Jack Skellington dude the hot topic should have just been called nightmare before blink 182 like that's what it should have been called because it was just like that the smile with the arrows and they would just repurpose the smile and make a jack skellington and that's like all their shirts and hoodies that's all they had the arrows (laughs) 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 accurate that is very accurate man that's so funny there was a time and i talk about this a, a lot but there was a time in hot topic culture where like font was a big deal. So like vomit font was really big in like 2005. (laughs) Remember that? Attack attack. Didn't attack attack have like robots and aliens and stuff. That was their font. Uh, Everybody had fonts like that. Like doing the middle finger with all the ghosts around him. And he was like, yes, they had that. Set your goals. Had a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, Chiodos did as well. Hot topic, but they did have a lot of, uh, Yeah, I mean, you could probably, it was, I think it was a hot topic thing. I mean, you might see yeah. like vomit font and it said like notorious BIG, you know, like, and you're just like, what the heck? But if it's all right. Color, <laughs> vomit font, that's yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what were like your fandoms growing up? So like, what were you into when you got home from school? Like movies, television shows, things like that. What were you nerdy about? Stick stickly. I would always watch Stick Stickly Afternoon, Catch K. Arnold, Angry Beef. Yeah. It was a different time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it was a different time. <laughs> a time of smartphones, limited social media. Yeah. I remember like coming home from like middle school and like being angsty and like having my AIM away message being yep. lyrics. Oh, yeah. Like, trying to get the girl on, on AIM be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I miss you. Or, or you know, fate fell short this time. Your smile face. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's wrong with Jamie today. <laughs> yeah, Ohio's for lovers. You know, 
Does his Hawaii message say, cut my wrists and black my eyes? <laughs> it was just like a green or a black background with some like pastel, like color font that you'd put in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was the time when like you had to learn how to code. You yeah. know, like you had to code to get the cool MySpace wow. profile. Man. Yeah. Mike, what was your what was your um, song for your MySpace um, page? Uh, I, it was probably something by Jack's Mannequin. It was. Oh, it had oh, to have been. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. It it might have been. It might have been a something corporate thing. It might have been something something corporate for a while, and then I remember specifically that Jack's Mannequin started in two thousand and five. Like that was like a big deal. Um, and I remember that. And I think I'm almost 100% sure that it was always some sort of Jack's Mannequin song or a crappy recording of one of the songs I was doing, you know? And, and that was what I had. What were your songs? Oh, man. So 2000, well, going back to the, like, the question, like, so like, for me, like my go-to coming home would be like, I was always, always has been a South Park fan, sneak episodes. And my, <laughs> like, um, I, I had an overbearing Jewish mother growing up as a kid. Oh, so, oh I love it. So, so like, I want to play Grand Theft Auto. I like hide in my brother's, you know, room and like play. <laughs> and she's like, oh, Jamie, what are you doing there? And I'm like, oh, shit. Mom, 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 mom. <laughs> in the middle of a drug deal, mom. <laughs> oh, I'm getting up a hooker. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like I don't know, like my my, my like kind of go to things after school was always like like Justin said. I remember going to God, not to age myself, the Falls and Sunset Place and oh, Miami. Oh God, yeah, the Falls. Yeah, and uh, I remember going oh, to yeah. Hot Topic, and that was kind of like my my kind of like my escape. Being an angsty teenager, I was I was really into at the time. I was in the emo phase, and uh, in 2005, God, wow, uh, Blink One Eight Two was you know that it was right post hiatus you know yeah why they broke up so really was kind of going through that that whole heartbreak you know and the angels and airways of plus 44 <laughs> that drama yeah uh, that whole the the bloods and the crips of yeah. Uh, oh yeah pretty much of uh, east coast west coast you forgot of, uh, too. Boston racer yeah that's another one but i think my aim or message was for sure the lyrics to know it isn't by plus 44 because I, okay. I was such like an asshole when it came to like, like <laughs> yeah. I wanted girls to like know that I was mad. So like <laughs> the lyrics and the chorus go, please understand this isn't just goodbye. This is I can't stand you. Yeah. I wasn't a cool kid in middle school, so I always get my heart broken. And I was kind of <laughs> really. You sound so cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he a brooding kid. I was, a, <laughs> I was I was picked on as as a kid in middle school. So you know, I, oh man. Who would have thought? Not me. I would have never thought, man. No, man. I I completely relate to that. Absolutely. I completely relate to that. I I was way more like, I wasn't, I I don't think I ever put like angry stuff, but I would always put like dashboard confessional stuff. Like, you know, hands down. What would how 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 sad was Mike Valdez? Depends on what how you sad it, like. was Mike Valdez. Mike <laughs> Valdez was so sad that he listened to Dashboard Confessional and said, "That's not enough. I have to write music." <laughs> <laughs> That's how sad Mike Valdez was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> 
Oh my gosh, dude. Oh, I I wrote so many 10-minute songs about girls when I was in high school. It's nuts. Constantine? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wrap my own Constantine. Speaking of something corporate, that was the band that, like, got me into playing music at all. Like, I literally learned how to play piano by listening to a song and then plucking out every key until I heard the note that I was hearing. And so that's how I taught myself how to play. And the same thing with uh, with the guitar. I learned very basic things like that. And then I just found ways to maneuver it. Make it till you make it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what I was doing. But yeah, dude. So you know what? We uh, have already kind of touched on the cereal thing, but I kind of want to go into that a little bit. What were your favorite snacks growing up? Mm, man. <laughs> Cotton Crunch was definitely not there because I, I, my my root of my mouth was like, yeah. oh. I had braces, so it would get stuck in my oh. braces if I had it. Well, <clears throat> who was the cereal for? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because everybody that I talk to remembers <laughs> remembers eating the cereal and loving it, but it's always with a complaint. Like, it's always like, yeah, I ate Captain Crunch all the time. It always tore up the roof of my mouth, and it really didn't taste that good. And I'm like, why did you eat it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I think my my favorite sweets, man, I think hands down, like, like, I'm thinking about middle school, like, trading lunches in middle school. The one thing I would really hope for in my lunch would be Gushers. Sure. Like, I wanted Gushers or Fruit by the Foot. Yep. I I love gushers. Gushers are my go-to. Yeah. Uh, and then like it's so bad for you. Oh, it's so bad. I, I feel like I like, yeah. diabetic coma after. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, we used to take the fruit roll up and we would just fold it up into like a ball and just stick it up in like the root, like the molar of your mouth and just like salivate it. <laughs> and wow. like, sit there all day and just like, like it was like chew or something. <laughs> Dude, there was a kid in my school. I will never forget this. He would get now and laters and he would smash them, right? Smash them or starburst and then smash them until they were like little like thin pieces and then put Skittles and make sandwiches and eat them like that. Yeah, that kid's dead. He died in sixth grade. Um, but what school did he go to? Like why does he why does he have to take insulin? He's five. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like oh my god, it was I still remember that to this day where I was like, geez Louise, dude, that's so much sugar. And I'm a child. Like like if I'm saying that, then there must be something going on, you know? I'll never forget that stuff. But what about you, Justin? What were your favorite snacks growing up? So I was like uh I I don't know. I was like a weird kid. I always liked the more like, uh, I like chocolate. So for mm-hmm. me, it was like crunch bars, uh, Hershey bars. I would make s'mores okay. like, at, at home. Like I would just get like, turn on the stove and I like, put like a, the, the marshmallow over it to like heat it up and like make oh, cool. s'mores at home. Uh, I thought your mom like would pack you one of those little like candle things and you would just make s'mores <laughs> on your lunch table. <laughs> They would never let me. Can you imagine a kid bringing, like, I went to Catholic school and bringing matches to the Catholic school. So yeah. Like, no, sister, sorry, I'm just lighting this candle for my grandpa. 
that's awesome yeah oh man like the, the the chocolate and stuff and i remember um when i think my favorite thing ever was when they re-released willy wonka and the chocolate factory they put out wonka bars yeah and all i remember was this with chocolate and a graham cracker in it and it was so good i remember this it, it's funny how like i remember that and i remember it might be because it's a tie into the simpsons but i think one of my favorite like chocolates was butterfinger bbs butterfinger remember those? Was the best yeah you'd always, you'd always have to like get like a toothpick or something to pry it off bowlers right. <laughs> yeah that is very accurate i mean it's pretty accurate when you eat regular butterfinger as well but yeah uh butterfinger bbs were like a huge movie theater snack for me for sure crunch i was really into that bunch of yeah, crunch, bunch of crunch. Bunch oh, of crunch is great. OG Haribos, man. Like a massive gummy bear fan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. At first, I was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, yeah. The, the gummy bears. Is that a drug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know anymore, man. They call them French fries now. Like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> that's like an actual drug reference, you know? But, and what about cereal? We're already kind of in that whole thing. What were your favorite cereals growing up? I mean, I, so to be honest, I'm not too big of a fan of cereal. I was always really? like an ego person in the morning sure. or like a Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwich, like throw it in a microwave, take it out really quick. Cause your mom was yelling at you cause it's six 30 and she's got to be downtown <laughs> in two hours. Right. So it, it was always just something like that for me. Or uh, my favorite thing was in high school, we would have, we had like this little like catering service that would like make food and I would go in there and I was really cool with the lunch ladies. <laughs> So, like, my junior and senior year of high school, I would always have, like, tostada and, like, a cortadito waiting for me in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. So I would just take, like, the toast, dip it in my coffee, and I would just sit there in the hallways and eat it. Oh, my gosh. That's so Cuban. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Cuban, dude. What my, about you, Jamie? Man, my favorite cereal. That's a, that's a loaded question. I have a whole podcast about it. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hawaii was definitely a, a, a favorite you mean cookie crisp oh shit uh, yeah there is uh, chips ahoy crisp, cereal now cookie crisp yes there is chips ahoy cereal oh, now yeah but you know yeah what? uh cookie crisp was the og you know what though cinnamon toast crunch oh yeah dude absolutely french toast they brought they brought french toast crunch. say that five times fast french, french toast, toast crunch. Crunch. <laughs> did they bring <laughs> it back it came back yeah they brought no it no way and it wasn't as really? good as the original French Toast Crunch. I love French Toast Crunch, man. It's so good. so good. And like, there's another one that they have. You can only get at Walmart, but only in like the five pound bags. But it's uh, it's blueberry muffin tops. <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have a blueberry muffin top after it. After yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating that five pound bag. My gosh. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. It's cinnamon Toast Crunch is usually everybody's favorite. It's the easiest, like, snack. And, like, I mean, I have I have a bit about it on stage. Like, it's, it's the cereal for drug addicts. You know what I mean? Like, it's very zero to 60. And, like, it's basically the LSD of cereal because when you, t- when you eat it, you don't see yourself gaining 15 pounds. But... <laughs> It's so funny, like going down, especially now, having to notice all the cereals that are coming out because of the show and things like that. 
that like you start to notice all these things that you never notice. Like, for example, why are there 500 flavors of Cheerios now? <laughs> There's so many flavors of Cheerios. <laughs> Like why it makes yeah. like who who is honey it nut, for? Honey nut, semi roasted honey <laughs> nut, lightly roasted honey nut. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's frosted fruity apple cinnamon. Um, I, dude, it's like Cheerios is the marijuana of cereal. Like it, there's so many different strains <laughs> of it. You just <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy. McGilla Gorilla, (laughs) Pineapple Express, like what is (laughs) it's nuts, dude. Um, But yeah, so we kind of already had some Captain Crunch, at least you guys have on camera and stuff like that. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to review a box of Captain Crunch with you guys. And um, you guys got the Crunch Berries. Yeah, I got the box. Nice. I have. I got the single pack of the OG one here. What the hell is that? It's a single pack. This is, believe it or not, this is a serving size. (laughs) Can you believe this is a serving size? (laughs) But yeah, they come in little packs like this. uh, The the OG Captain Crunch. So I got that. Again, like I said, uh, the reason why I got the Captain Crunch cereal for you guys, or I chose it, was because it's the most pop punk of the cereals and i think it will be fun to review this cereal but it will be way more fun to review this cereal uh in let's how about this i I, this is how i want to do it i want to review the cereal as a pop punk singer who is about to announce their new hit single but their their new hit single is captain crunch so they're just they're just like talking about like guys this next song it's about this you know and you're just hearing like like while he's like all right everybody i want you guys to stand up because here come the berries or like whatever it is that you're gonna say (laughs) all right whenever you're ready What's up, guys? This is moving with Torch Blood in my heart. This is for all you OG kids out there that like the regular Captain Crunch, but all you berries. We're going to mingle you all together. We're going to do a wall of death. Berries, OG. Let's go. Crunch berry. When I pour that milk, I want to see this wall close in. On the count of one, two, crunch. Let's open up this pit. <laughs> when I say oops all berries, I want this place to go insane. <laughs> all the OGs in the back and all the berries in the pit. <laughs> when I say crooked I want you to throw the fucking fucking Oh what's my the, gosh. What, what is Captain familiar? Crunch cereal, ladies and gentlemen. They said it couldn't be oh. done. They were probably right, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, 
to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup, it's better than spooning. This episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by Real Good Foods. I am so excited to announce that Real Good Foods has launched their very first dessert item, ice cream. Real Good Ice Cream is the first ever super premium, better for you ice cream. It's extra creamy, so there's no icy or chalky texture like other light ice creams, making it a real ice cream experience with real ingredients. Only 180 calories and four grams of sugar per serving. Real Good Ice Cream is sweetened by using allulose, which isn't like regular sugar. It's a naturally occurring rare sweetener found in figs, dates, and maple syrup. Ultimately, it has one-tenth the calories of cane sugar, which means it won't spike your blood sugar levels. Real Good Ice Cream comes in a variety of flavors, and starting today, they can be found at realgoodfoods.com and The Vitamin Shop. And guess what? Real Good Foods is giving all Childlike at Best listeners a discount code that'll make us all scream for ice cream. Visit realgoodfoods.com, choose as many of your favorite items, and use promo code BESTIE at checkout. That's B-E-S-T-I-E at checkout to receive 15% off your order. Real Good Foods. Keep it real. Tell me about your first bands and what that was like and what gave you the inspiration to start writing music and making music in general? It's <sighs> hard. So like I grew up listening to, I don't know, 94.9 Zeta. Wow. Sure. Um, so like, I think one of the biggest things that like really hit was like listening to like Lincoln park and then Lincoln park kind of like had a, like was a catalyst for me to like start getting into like the heavier bands. So I started getting into like from autumn to ashes, hometown heroes, poison the well, a lot of like the heavier type music so i don't think i really started playing until like my junior year of high school and um, i met all these people through friends of friends and we all kind of like started this band in like by like drummer's garage and i remember like it was like out in like the middle of nowhere on like past 152nd like almost by chrome oh by like God. the mikasuki area and uh it was so bad that like my amp at the time was like picking up like the marlins game because that's how far oh out my gosh. <laughs> so we would like we, we we just got together and we, we started playing like under oath covers and we just kind of like started going from there and then we started kind of like how do we make our own music so we started kind of like writing our own music from there and we had like we put together like a set we did like two cover songs we did like dogs can grow beards all over by the devil wears prada right yeah. um and we would play we played like mostly it was like warehouse venues yeah. that's sure. what i remember is just like someone rented out a storage unit and that's where we played out of we opened up for og amorosa like before johnny craig okay Sky's Airplane, we played, we've opened for them before, and like a few other of these like like post hardcore bands. It was kind of like just a like a catalyst into like the whole post hardcore scene. And then we started doing like Screamo stuff. And then Drake's was kind of like the last big hurrah for everything. And then everyone kind of went off to college to do their own thing. So I just stayed and went to FIU. So yeah. from there, I was like, I think it was like on and off playing with like the, the drummer in my old band 
and uh, I found like a Craigslist ad about someone wanting to start a pop punk band, and it ended up being James. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit if Ted hears this. This would be a funny story. <laughs> so the first time I ever met James, it was after, it was like after I got out of class at FIU, and I drove all the way to his parents' place. And this is a, I've never met him. We've only talked on the phone and I knocked on the door and his brother opens the door and nothing but a robe and tidy whiteies. Yeah. And I go, is James here? He goes, oh yeah, you're right in the back. Just come in, man. You're good. You're Justin. And I'm like, yup. And he goes, my name's Ted. Like, nice to meet you, Ted. So James is in the back and we just kind of just started putting together some songs. He had some songs that he that he had. I had some riffs that I wanted to build off of. And that was kind of like the start of Check Your Six. Yeah. So he had um, like a drummer and a bassist lined up and then something didn't work out with them. So I had my drummer, my drummer that I was working with for years come in onto the band. And then we met a bass player on Craigslist, which was Kyle. Um, okay. And I remember the, the first time, like we we all hung out together uh, with Kyle. We were at um, we were at Five Guys. Okay. And um, this is apparently we, a really funny story. Yeah. So, <laughs> James comes out with his like this burger and like puts it down on the tray. And Kyle and I are just sitting there and we're just looking at each other. And Kyle goes to the bathroom. No, James goes to the bathroom and Kyle just goes, "I really want to punch that hamburger." <laughs> I'm like, why and he goes i don't know i just really want to punch that hamburger and i go well just do it and he just goes and goes wham and and it's still in the foil so james comes out and he opens his hammer and he goes what the fuck happened i go i don't know man it just came like that (laughs) that's so funny sometimes sometimes we just have these itches to do things like that like that happened to me once at a Wendy's where like a buddy of mine asked me to go get his food and you know just as a joke he he like honked at me when I was like right in front of his car so I just threw his burger at his windshield (laughs) I just felt like doing it I don't know like sometimes sometimes it's just the funny thing to do you know and anyway, then, uh, I cut you off, but what, no, were, you, what were you saying? Literally, I don't think we played a show on for... We went in, recorded an EP with Lon Bashiri at Casa Bazooka Studios, and then our first show ever was at Fox's Lounge on, like, Sunset Drive. Yeah, and played there. I don't understand why we did this, but we had, like, orange full stacks. 412 and a 212. Like a 412 and a 212. Each. Okay. And, he, and Kyle had, like, an 810 amp And we went in there, and we probably played in, like, it was probably the size of a closet, like, the area oh, yeah. we played. And we were just like, <laughs> this would be loud. So we just started playing our set, and we had, like, a few friends that were there and, like, everyone else that had gone to go see the band. Because I think Mine All Mine had played. Mine All Mine played, played that show. Um, yeah. And I don't remember who else played, but our bass player, Kyle, ended up hitting someone in the head with his bass. Wow. We dropped multiple beer glasses because we were just <laughs> jumping around. He broke someone's nose. He <laughs> broke <laughs> Joe's nose. We <laughs> Joe. broke someone's nose. Jeez. He, he hit them in the face with the bass. Yeah. You see blood going everywhere. And he's like, oh, okay. 
everywhere. And I think we had like an article in like Jolt Radio or something about it. There was like, it was the most energetic and dangerous experience I've ever had. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You really made some 45 year old happy that day, I guess. Yeah. And then I, I, <laughs> Writing for Jolt Radio. Yeah. All the best articles at joltradio.com. Yeah, I think there's only like three. <laughs> You're one, yeah. of, you're one third of Jolt Radio. Yeah, whenever you go to the radio, you're always like, "What? Let me read those articles from a radio station." 2011. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think we all that that was when we introduced our merch girl. We had a blow up doll called Lindsay Blowhan that bobbled wow. all of our merch. Jeez. She was always surprised. She was always surprised. She was always surprised. I'm sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> And I think our second show that we played was with 420 Fest at Soundbar and oh, those yeah. Solid Sound Studios. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was um that, that was on the whim. Like uh, like hey, you want to play 420 Fest? <laughs> but hands down, the best, the 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 most iconic, and not in the good way. Just like it's ingrained to this day, ingrained into my brain. <laughs> really? Any band I've ever played, any band I've ever played with, the most oh shit slash WTF moment of yeah. my life. We played a venue, you know, I'm going Area to. 7. Area 7 in Fort Lauderdale. No, it okay. was Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach, my bad. It was in like Skyline Road. Yeah. And okay. I had to pay to get in because I was 20 years old. They had snuff films being played on TV. They had a stripper pole in the stage. A stripper pole in the middle of the stage. Oh, and wow. we're like, what is going on? And like, it, it was like the bands came, like, no one else. No one else. <laughs> that they, sounds like a really successful South Florida show to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the bands don't show up either. The bands stayed. Yeah, and they showed up. Yeah, and they showed up. But uh, the worst part about it was at the end, they try to pay us in drinks. Uh, oh no! We pay out, and I was like, oh, well, here's um th- forty bucks, whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, actually, it's a forty dollar tab. You can do whatever you want. I'm like, uh, no. The money, yeah. plus mm-hmm. our guitarist paid, and it was probably it was to this day the the worst experience I've ever had. We couldn't yeah. be happier that I heard that they closed down. Um, <laughs> that, There's a lot little, of those. Oh yeah, that's where we met. Uh, we played with a band called Hope for Heroes, and oh yeah, uh, Great they kind of like became our our like kind of like best band buddies, and we mm-hmm. played with them like pretty much um, the entire time. Like you guys even did a few shows with them as Atlantic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was funny too, because Corey from Hope for Heroes, he did another band called Beggars. Mm-hmm. And I had moved up to Orlando in like 2013. And I played with his band Beggars in a house show in Kissimmee. And uh-huh. Alex was still in the band. So it was Corey and Alex and Jordan. And it was just like old times again. Like we were just oh, still cool. just shooting the crap and just having the best time. And That's on our really recent, awesome. on our recent uh, tour, yeah. tour <clears throat> that got canceled by coronavirus, <clears throat> Corey was uh, driving the van with us up there. He was our band dad. Yeah, awesome. he, uh, Corey actually opened up. Saint Pine Hills opened up for two of our dates on our tour. Yeah, Corey is a good. Awesome dude. We, I, yeah, I love, he's I one of the most loyal dudes ever. Man. I love that guy. He's really great. Whenever he had shows that he was booking, he would always make me involved in some way, shape, or form. Even if it was like he was always like, "Look, man, I know you got to drive an hour and a half. I can try to get you gas money or whatever, but 
you know, here's a show because I know it's difficult to play shows here and, you know, which is a blessing, man, because in South Florida, mostly in South Florida, I guess in in Central Florida, not as much. You guys would know more than me, but in South Florida, especially lately, it's difficult to do shows even before coronavirus, man. Like it was like, you know, you would do these like once in a while like art galleries but really it's just a broom closet and then that place would go out of business you yep. know and and you're just like but why it was so great you know like it's and those were the shows yeah you know <laughs> so picking up where justin left off yeah. i checker six six um <clears throat> broke up i went to college moved to boston um and uh, Justin continued, and you were in a, you played in a couple bands at that time. Yeah. Um, so after Checker Six, I moved up to uh, the Orlando Central Florida area, and um, I joined a band called Hits Home that was in the the area, and it was pretty fun. Um, we played with we actually played with a lot of like pretty cool pop punk bands. At my first show in Orlando, um, I opened up. It was in a living room, and we opened up for Seaway nice like they're a big on like a canada band up in um toronto and then uh the second show i ever played was with vera and major league and i think major league had just put out um nord feelings yeah i think one of my favorite ones i had played with um hits home was we opened up for neck deep's uh second u.s tour nice that was really fun to play it was like a completely (laughs) sold out show um, it was packed from the, the minute we started playing, the whole place was packed. And uh, I was like telling the story just a little bit earlier today too. We ended up covering uh, 70 times seven by brand new and the entire place just went nuts. Yeah. And then we were really close with um, the guys in Capstan who are now on Fearless Records. They just went on tour with um, Bayside before everything kind of like <coughs> blew up with the pandemic. We were really close with those guys. Those were actually that was actually their house when we opened up for Seaway too. Oh wow! Yeah. Holy cow! The caps are cool. Yeah, and then I met Mike, who's the singer of Out of Time, on uh, funny enough Craigslist <laughs> before before the the Craigslist killer started murdering people. Yeah, uh, and then uh, you know we played a few shows with Hits Home. He joined Hits Home, and then we just started doing Out of Time on the the side, and then it just became a full time project. That's awesome, man. Jamie, so you come back from Boston, then you you start Atlantic, right? After that, uh, no. So I actually start, I started Atlantic. Um, Atlantic was supposed to be my last music project. Yeah, uh, with you, Mike, and um, uh, I went through a really bad breakup, and like I kind of just wanted to do a, like a farewell record for my writing, and um, I just wanted to kind of like and on a high note, and uh, I I just didn't want to play music again, and. Uh, Long story short, we, we did the Atlantic Project. We released the EP in the past three years and uh, lived in Boston for five years, met my wife. And um, Justin hit me up, God, it was a little over a year and a half ago. Yeah, January of... 2018? 2019. 19, yeah. 19. And uh, I moved from Boston to D.C. at that point, literally like that same week when he hit me up. And uh, it's a little closer so far. And yeah. uh, and I thought about it with... You know, with kind of talked to my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to be playing a band that's states away, miles away, but I miss music. And I put, I gave it all my all, I met with the guys, and we just hit the run running. Um, and I've never had such an organic and 
seamless process yet there's there's obviously we trial and tribulations with any band but like mm-hmm. it's an organic chemistry and it's, it's family sure every family has fights and, and internal struggles but you get through that's what makes you stronger as a family mm-hmm. and my gosh like We've been a band for a little over a year and a half. We went on tour. We've played other runs in Florida. Open for Bayside. Open for that to yeah. me. Like, Justin <laughs> talked about all these different things. I'm wearing a Bayside hoodie right now. Hands yeah. down, the best experience of my life. I have. I still shake when I think about it. We yeah. uh, last November we had we basically won a contest to open Bayside, and we were humbled by the amount of support we got from the local scene and from people who, who follow us yeah. not west but even abroad like our, our monthly listeners it's, it's crazy we have people in serbia and israel listen to us but i'm like yeah. how was in serbia but like people were voting for us from around the globe yeah. and um seeing my favorite my favorite band and opening for them and like talking to them and seeing just how genuine i think the reason why i was so excited not just because i love bayside but we're all huge nerds we all love yeah. star wars yep. and this we got to talk Star Wars with Nick the bassist and mm-hmm. and we just talked about like Galaxy's Edge with them and, and what's better blue milk or green milk and, <laughs> right his response was obviously blue milk and I don't know what his response was but it's been it was probably like they're both overpriced and don't oh. taste that great yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah. it, it tastes like sunscreen but if you had tequila yeah. it tastes like tequila sunscreen but, yeah uh, <clears throat> accurate yeah, it, it's, uh, it's been such a, a really awesome experience and. I think the one thing we've learned, you know, during this whole uh, global pandemic is not just social distancing and how, you know, how we can't play shows to a crowd anymore, but more so the fact that we literally have to adapt and stay relevant, but in the same breath, be smart about it and safe. So we took this time to kind of reflect post the tour and just kind of really ref- Justin says it perfectly at all times, like take our time to, to perfect our craft. Yep. And we just took the time and let me tell you, we practiced. It's funny because we, we, we have a new song coming out on October 2nd. We, we ran the set for the first time post-tour like two months ago, three months ago. And all of, us, all of our old stuff, we were like, it was like super sloppy. We put all the new stuff. <laughs> and it was like beautiful, like butters. Like, yeah. wow, our new music sounds better than our old. Um, yeah. So we took the time to kind of deconstruct all the old stuff mm-hmm. and like really took the time during this time to perfect this this record. Yeah. it's it, amazing. Up here, we've been working with our friend Dylan, who runs a studio called Close Quarter Recordings, and uh, he's really been pushing us too, just to like kind of get like the best product out of us too, which has been great. But it kind of like feels like natural. I mean, we're literally going in there. Um, you know, I don't know when we're going to air this uh, episode, but we're going in there tomorrow throughout the rest of the week just to finish up James's parts. Yeah, we have a lot in the works. We really can't talk too much about, but it's it's been a really an organic process that we cannot wait to, to share with our fans mm-hmm. and people who haven't heard us. And it's going to be really exciting to, to show this, what we've been working on for the last several months and really not just months, but like taking ideas that are years old yep. and re- revisiting them. Yeah. Um, like demos that either myself would have or, dr- or drummer Ryan had, and it's kind of like reattacking going, I've had this idea for like seven years. It's just sat on my computer. Let's work on it. So I think everyone brings a different dynamic to the band and that's what's the most beautiful thing about out of time is that we will always be transparent um we don't have baggage in the sense that we we will be transparent with you we'll always tell you how it is we don't we're not the, the kind of band that will will sugarcoat things we t- we always support inclusion and, and people and, and we love the music scene we love everyone in the florida music scene that we've come in contact with 
and we just genuinely are, are genuine people. We love people. Mm-hmm. We always yeah. put our cereal. Yeah, in the in the roof in the roof of a mouth, like like yeah. Her. Um, but yeah, honestly, fair that's always been the 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 motto of out of time. Uh, and I know Justin and all the other guys are just various genuine people who love everyone. Really, just yeah. good humans. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. Oh man, what's what's this doggy's name? It's Miso. Miso. Oh, Miso, cute. <laughs> Miso, adorable is what his name is. So I'm gonna run through these last two questions here, and you can answer them however you'd like. You can answer them in a funny way, in a sincere way. It's up to you. There's no wrong answer. My first question is, what advice would you give to? the child version of yourself. Oh my God. If you're on the right side, left side, I have a, I have a feeling this is going to be very emotional. <laughs> I mean, just be yourself, do what you want to do. Don't let anyone tell you anything different and invest in Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, honestly, if I can have a minute of time with my my younger version of myself, I tell them that the past memories and in in traumas and in hard times doesn't define you, and you'll get through it. And just because somebody says you're not good, or somebody says you know, says you're not good enough, or somebody says that you're not ready, or somebody says you need to get better doesn't mean that you should give up your craft mm-hmm. and really just take criticism, but understand that along the way, there's going to be people that are going to hate you no matter what you do, no matter how nice you are to somebody, they're going to hate you no matter how friendly you are. Mm-hmm. And just understand that just always be the real version of yourself and always be genuine. Nice. I love that. Now the final question is what do you think the younger version of yourself would think of who you are now? Damn, Mike. <laughs> These are good questions. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if you'd think I'm cool as shit or if I'm a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. My, It's always been kind of like, I don't know, ever since I listened to, you know, any one of my favorite artists on the radio when I was a kid, like, I would even just, like, go and, like, hit record on my tape player so I could record a certain song that's on the radio. I would wait there all day for them to play it. I mean, I think my younger self would be blown away with the amount of technology that we have for music nowadays. But I mean, I still think it's super cool that, you know, I have music on that you can buy on iTunes that someone across the world can listen to. Like I did that. Like that's me. So I I think like my younger self would be sitting there with the cassette player trying to hit record at the right moment to play the song that, you know, his future self wrote. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And what about you, Jamie? You still suck. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that um, looking back, if my, if my younger self saw me today, um, he'd be shocked at amount of tattoos I have and the, and the yeah. because um grow in a Jewish household you know kind of banned yeah. but all seriousness though <laughs> I, I think that looking back looking back at my younger self would be 
impressed how far I've come with such little time I've been playing music. Sure, I played in bands many years ago, and between 20 Second Bass, Checker Six, and East Coast Drive, they, they were fairly successful in the music scene. I was so, I've been so absent for many years, and for us to jump right back into music, and Justin was obviously out of time before I was, but we've come such a long way in the, in the year and a half we've been actively pushing forward. I think that my younger self would be proud of that. It's been, it's oh, yeah. a, it's been such a really, it's, it's very cutthroat, and, and, and the music scene's adapting. It's adapting, it's yep. changing, especially with, with this global pandemic. And um, you need to be ready to create new content and create ways to be more uh, relevant. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I think that my younger self would be proud of, see, of seeing that, that I've worked with four other amazing dudes who, who love music like I do. You know, the reason why I love asking that question or those two questions together is because I think it's really important for us to remember who we are on the inside because that's who we really are and also to never forget how hard we've worked because there's so much imposter syndrome that happens when you're in the entertainment business where you're just like all you can see is everyone that's better than you and you can only see the steps that you haven't taken as opposed to the steps that you have taken when you actually look at it. And dude, I'm preaching to the choir when I talk about these things, because these are things that I struggle with in, in my own head, you know, but that's why I named this podcast childlike at best, you know, because childlike wonder, man, that's what gives us the idea that a dream is possible. And just to have that faith that you're going to be able to do it. And the truth is, you are doing it. And so I'm glad that that you guys were a part of this. And I'm really glad that that we got to talk. I think this was this was a really awesome conversation. Thank Thank you. So where can everyone find you online? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is all at Out of Time FL. For music, you can find us on everything: Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Title, the jukeboxes you see at those dive bars that you can pay money to. We're in there. You can find us through there. Nice. YouTube, music, Google, Amazon, anywhere. We have a music video up on YouTube for Automize. We have another one coming out for Husky Fight on the second. And then, it, I mean, if, if you if you get to any one of our, our social media links, you can go right. To, we have a link tree that goes through all of the different links that we have and even goes over uh, our Liquid Death sponsorship. Yep. Nice. So uh, murder your thirst, death of yep. plastic, save some yeah. money, buy some Liquid Death. Oh, I know all about Liquid Death. You guys got me into that. And then <laughs> they sponsored my podcast for a little while. So Ooh, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're really really awesome people. Yep. Love yeah. those people. They uh, they when we every time we go on our, on our run, they always hook it up. Oh they yeah, get extra cases and free swag. They're really good good people. Great message. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. In fact, one of the funny things that they did recently, if you've never heard of Liquid Death, listener, uh, they are a canned water company that looks like basically like a PBR. That's like their whole marketing thing, and and their whole thing is like metal marketing, and it's um you know murder your thirst like that kind of stuff the water tastes phenomenal in my opinion uh there's something about canned water that just tastes better for some reason maybe it's a placebo effect i don't know what it is but there's something about their water that is so good and um say what now 
Have you had the sparkling water? Not yet. Oh, Ooh, that's a game changer. Mine. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, it's not flavored, but it's so crisp. Oh, I love sparkling water no matter oh. what. Yeah. It's so good. I'm like, I'm like thirsty right now. I'm like, man, we love a sparkling liquid death. That's, that sounds really good. Oh, yeah. Liquid death is awesome. I, I'm probably going to email them and see if they can hook me up again. That'd be really nice, actually. They're like, you have water at home. You don't need anything. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, Florida um, tap water. It's yeah, different. Fluorize it. You're good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, one of the things that, that they did recently that was super funny was that they got all of their bad reviews and they made a metal album about it. <laughs> yeah, they, did you guys hear about that? <laughs> yes they have it on vinyl that you can buy on vinyl yeah their, their latest stint had me in tears oh, yeah so um now they have it's called the liquid death baby name generator okay so if you go online and you go to liquid death and you do your baby name generator and you name your child after the name that comes off on there and you send them the birth certificate they will give you 18 years of liquid death for free just for That's naming awesome. child Lord Death Harbinger the Black or something. Right, right. That's so amazing. <laughs> and it asked me too, like, do you want a male, female, or non-gendered name? Oh my gosh. So That's they have really funny. For all of it. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh man. Where they where they waterboarded someone. Oh, oh man. <laughs> they go, normally waterboarding's bad, but because we're using liquid death, he's actually enjoying his thirst. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> waterboarding this guy on a table. That's <laughs> great. A lot of crap for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. They they never don't get crap for things. Yeah, they always get crap. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I love them, though, is because they they genuinely make me laugh, and their water is just good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, great product. I remember when we first announced your we Death Peddlers, and I posted yeah. the video. Have you seen like their ads, on, like the like the cartoon? Oh yeah. How like the guy gets cut in half, mm -hmm. his brains go everywhere. So I posted that, and a bunch of my coworkers were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> So I bring it the next day. I bring in like a can of water, and I'm and I, they recognize Liquid Death because who doesn't recognize the name Liquid Death? And they go, right. "What are you drinking at work?" I'm like, it's "Yeah, just, it's just it's just water, it's just water." <laughs> oh, it's the best. The closest feeling that I have to that is when I was a kid, and I would take I would take uh, Marta to school, and and like my teachers would think it was beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm in second grade. It's like, Marta. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm in second grade i'm not drinking Coors light <laughs> so the single husky fight and that comes out october 2nd when does the record come out are we allowed to talk about that not yet not yet <laughs> okay single single october 2nd you can pre-save it on spotify now Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as yeah, well. Thank you. Anyway, for me, you can find me on Instagram at Mike Valdez on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to who is Mike .com to find out the answer to that question. <laughs> and that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode. Never lose your sense of childlike wonder. Bye besties. Do you age? Because I don't think every time I see you, you look like, <laughs> he looks the same age. Yeah, you still you look like you know trying to get your badges for you know 
No, 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 man. It's funny. Uh, you're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me that. I don't know what it is. I'm glad I have that gene where I don't age. It's like seeing like aerodynamics, suave hair. <laughs> yeah. The swoop. I call it the Valdez swoop. <laughs> I'm glad I have my own haircut. That was a Geek Bro podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit geekbro.net.